to help, and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, stimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too, collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny here, your host of Sensory Matters, and today I have a great pleasure in introducing you to Richard Bass. Hi Richard. Hello Jenny, you alright? Yeah, I'm good, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Now Richard has a son on the spectrum who's six years old and has a great story about when people on the spectrum might take things literally. Yeah, um, so you know, we, we kind of met obviously because I, I was talking about my... Um, videos that I've been doing about my son's autism diagnosis process. Um, we don't know where on the spectrum he is exactly yet. Um, we're just we're pretty clear that he is. And, you know, we're, we're sort of, I'd say over a quarter of the way through, over halfway through maybe the process. But um, mm-hmm. the first time I kind of announced it to anyone, I hadn't really put it into into words, was um, he was having some issues at school. Uh, he'd, you know, be coming home with little red slips saying he'd done this today, done that today. And I had a chat with him about how we handle situations where we're feeling a bit upset we don't really know what to do um, or if you're just feeling a bit you know the emotions are getting too much for him and I said to him instead of lashing out or getting upset or you know pushing someone away or whatever it was he was doing the best thing he could do is walk away from it and leave it alone um, unfortunately I got a call one day um, basically saying that they'd been doing PE and someone was getting a bit close to him in the line. He was getting upset. And the first thing he did was hold his hand up to say stop, which I thought was really sweet of him and something they'd obviously told him to do. Um, the kid didn't listen and he got really upset. So he just wandered off into the, the little woods next to the school. And he'd been in there a good 20, 30 minutes and the school were trying to get him out. And they were kind of drastically asking for me for help. What can, what can I do to help? What can they do to get him out? Every time they went closer to him, he walked further away. It was a bit of a game of cat and mouse for them wandering around the woods trying to get him out he wasn't unsafe at any point but he was just literally every time they got near he thought I'm in trouble I'm gonna walk away from it um so they rang me and I explained to them that is because last night I spent a good half an hour going through what do you do if there's a problem you walk away you know you go and calm down um and he was he took every inch of that literally um and so my first video was what do you do when everything that you try and tell them is taken to the most literal degree you know how do I handle that because I don't want to say to him you know anything now in case he goes and does it literally that and I have not thought of it the way he does so it's it's made yeah. everything I, I say now suddenly have all these extra dimensions to it that I kind of always you know, just throw away comments to, to my other children so it's a valuable lesson but it really backfired that day <laughs> yeah yeah but not not uncommon in terms of people taking things literally that when they're on the spectrum and and probably one of those skills that as a parent if if you've got a child like that, that you've you've got to learn pretty quickly, or you'll end up in situations like that. But so much of what we say is is just in our language, isn't it? That it's hard to remove that from um, that situation where they could take it literally. There's a lot of times when you come out with like a, almost like a joke or an idiom or something that is just a common phrase, and he's pulling us up on it, and I'm learning all these things that I never really thought about, never have always taken for granted. Just a, a phrase, or I can't think of off the top of my head now. But you say something, and he said, like, "That's not true," and you kind of, oh, I guess it's not true. <laughs> You've caught me out there. Um, so it's it's been weird. I think if you went back a year we spoke mm-hmm. and acted completely differently to how we do now. And it's it's entirely because of that sort of scenario and, the, you know, the learning curve we've had. It's been a bit of a, a mad one for us. Yeah, steep learning curve. Well, what, what I loved about, because your um, exclusion video about your son getting excluded from school kind of popped up on our radar. And that's how I kind of in, looked at you and kind of thought, oh, you'd be quite interesting to chat to. But what is really interesting about your YouTube channel, which for the listeners is called Sheepdog Says, and I'm going to ask you why it's called that in a minute. Um, but what's really interesting is it literally started out as you just basically documenting family life. No clue that anyone in your family was on the spectrum. And 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 that's really evolved as you've naturally discovered that and gone through that diagnosis, which makes it such a candid, natural channel, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it really is capturing every moment of that totally unknown to, oh, my God. It is interesting because I think there was a point quite early on where I had I invited them on because, as you can imagine, most 
children now grow are growing up in a world we didn't have this when we were younger that people listen to podcasts and watch youtube videos and they find it all fascinating so um i kind of got strong-armed into doing it. i do a lot of podcasts and things on the side of, of work and that and people said to me you just go on youtube and start you know i was writing blogs and they said just do the blogs on a video it's the same so yeah. the very first one is literally me looking down at a, a an ipad talking at the camera going i've kind of i don't know what to say i've just been forced into doing it here i am but yeah. um after a while my children were kind of like oh we want to come on this we, we you know we love youtube it's it's you know what we what we watch all the time i want to be on it and i think maybe one or two videos in somebody said to call you you know your son's like wild isn't he he's really you know he's cute and funny and he's, he's very energetic and and it yeah. was only watching them back and I, I i mean i feel a little bit bad that some of the earlier videos it was very much i'd be pausing every few minutes and going you need to calm it a bit you know talking him through really trying to coach him through it and he'd end up he'd be bouncing around behind the camera and I'd be saying to him come back and sit down a minute or you'd start watching as the videos went on and I'd always be holding him in my arms while while he's wiggling around trying to trying yeah. to just sort of stimulate himself and um you know looking back at that now I'm thinking people people were commenting they weren't saying anything kind of rude or they weren't saying oh he's 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 autistic or he's you know he's got anything they were just kind of saying oh he's lively isn't he and then it kind of it's interesting looking back now thinking we we'd always known there were some bits there and like you say it's it wasn't the, the idea of the channel in fact some of the early videos of my channel and me basically going i don't even know what this should be about i don't really know what the theme <laughs> is i'm just here because i like talking about stuff on the internet and yeah. um i think when i did the video about him taking everything literally um I think we had another follow-up video. They had a psychologist come into the school to kind of look at his behaviours and the way he acted. And they said that there was a lot of things he was just kind of going along with and a lot of things they were finding in the observations. And they said that they believe he should probably, we should probably start acting like he's on the spectrum while we see K diagnosis. And um, so I did a video about that. And then a close friend of mine who's um, does a lot of videos kind of in the, the autistic um, community, uh, he, he just sort of put a thing out saying, look, if you don't know anything about the process, you should probably follow this for a bit because it's, you know, he's, he, he kind of came into his stepson's life quite late on. So mm-hmm. it was all being diagnosed. He kind of just ended up kind of meeting him as this is, this is, you know, so, so he's autistic. Um, whereas he doesn't know any of this process. And when people ask him, he's like, I have a clue because when I, you know, when I, when I got involved in it, it was already done. Um, so he's, yeah. he's been sort of pointing people that way. And I've just gained a lot of people in exactly the same scenario. You know, it's really built from there that, you know, I, I think I, I, after you saw the exclusion video, I was chatting to someone on your group, their son, had literally been excluded for the same reason. And I was giving her advice about what we'd found last week. And whilst I was typing, I got a phone call to say that my son had been secluded for the same thing. And I was like, oh, goodness me. Like, I couldn't believe it happened again. Um, I mean, it was a bit different this time. They've explained to me, because this was literally yesterday. I was on your group chatting and and we got the call. Um, but that that's how fast paced this has all become now and how it seems like I've just slipped into the stream of everybody else's kind of experiences and we're all back and forth with each other. But um, it's just, it's just, it's just been fascinating. I'm learning so much. I feel like I've gone from a standing start to suddenly knowledge overload really. Yeah. And, and, and there is just so much to learn. And I was going to say that, 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 so you really had to have it almost pointed out to you. You just were, kind of very accepting that your son was maybe just his crazy wild self and that was it um yeah um, and, and you mentioned that you had the school pick it up but and a couple of people maybe mentioned the odd thing so when did the penny start to drop for you and your family it's a hard one because I feel like probably a lot of people don't want to label anything or I mean I didn't want to look like I was overreacting or mm. you know we thought that there was behavior issues that we were dealing with and we just thought it's it's behavior issues it's something that will work itself out he's not you know when he was in um nursery i'm looking back at a lot of things now and i'm thinking this was very clear at certain points for example um nursery he he we kept getting kind of notes back that he kept biting and that's quite a common Mm -hmm. trait uh, for i think it's sort of two to three isn't it that i've learned now that that's quite a common thing we thought it was because he was heavily into things like dinosaurs and that maybe he was just you know replicating what they did so we kind of went through a whole learning curve of trying to teach him not to do that um when he got into the foundation year at school it was 
such a lively year anyway that we just assumed that it was the fact he was being let loose. You know, they let the children run around and kind of find their own way. They weren't very regimented. It wasn't very nailed down. So whilst we were getting a lot of kind of slips home, it was for things like not sharing or getting upset when someone had taken a toy. So I just, again, assumed that he was a little bit immature for his age. And yeah. they'd even say the same thing. He'd be wetting a lot and things like that. And they'd be saying, it's just common. You know, he's, he was only five. It's, it's quite a common trait for children to take a bit longer. That He wasn't the only boy in his class that was wetting he wasn't the only boy having issues they'd they'd say things to me like he's not even in the top sort of three or four busiest children you know the ones that they're most involved in he wasn't kind of in the top of the list but I think when they moved into year one um sitting at a chair learning maths and English doing tests following kind of stuff on the board they realized quite quickly I think it was probably a week in that suddenly everything was really ramping up that they'd, they'd had the results back from their observation that we knew they were doing but we didn't it was kind of a just we're checking everything's all right thing so yeah we'd um we'd kind of gone back and forth on it as I say I've got friends who have uh, you know autistic children so it was kind of a I suppose the difference is they're quite um for the right word really it's more evident in in some of the ways they behave or the issues they've had growing up that they're autistic it's not uh, with Oliver my son it's been more I think we, we at the moment we're being told it'd be, that it'd be if he you know if he's, where he is on the spectrum he's still high functioning um mm-hmm. you know one to one you you probably I mean not, I'm not saying you can tell with everybody but you can't really tell unless you kind of expect him to behave a certain way or anything like that really i guess yeah. school school is the environment that's like the antithesis of what he, what he would want to do on a day-to-day and that's why they're struggling the most whereas at home we can yes we have to do challenging things but um generally speaking he's, he's in his comfort zone isn't he so he's going to be more yeah. relaxed with it whereas i think we would we were kind of comparing it to the more extreme or lesser you know lower functioning people that we knew that had autism and thinking well he's not like that so maybe it's something else and um, yeah. I think once they'd said, once they'd said in this report, um, treat it like this, I was like, it's, it's definitely that it's, you know, it's, it can't be anything else. It's just so obvious. And one, the second we did start treating like that, things definitely started improving. It's just schools got harder, I guess, in the, in the year, well, since that start of the year, um, has come around. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've got more. So you've not, not had an official diagnosis, but you, you, you're like 99% certain that that's in the post. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. This is where we are is that he's with a pediatrician. The problem we have is we, he went to a pedi- pediatrician in the foundation year and she asked a lot of questions that we didn't really answer. Well, I, I wasn't on the meeting as my wife went. And so she asked about his communication mm. and it's an odd one because she's, when she came out of it, she said to me, I answered the question. I answered it really badly. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, well, they asked about the communication. And she said, um, he's fine. We understand him. He's, you know, and mm. I said, well, he's got a speech impediment. You know, he can't really tell us when he's unwell. He can't really tell us when he's upset or what's wrong. He, he's not very good at communicating things, you know, when there's a bit, an issue, you know, he gets upset. He, people can't understand why he's upset or what it is he's doing. The part of the problem, you know, most of the time when he gets in trouble at school, it's because they don't understand what it is he's doing, and then it causes a misunderstanding. Um, so I was like, his communication is quite bad. <laughs> you know, that's that's a major flag. Um, and yeah. it was just the way the question was worded. They didn't follow up. They didn't say, oh, "What about this? What about that?" They literally just said, "How's his communication?" Um, yeah. And she just, you know, he can say to me, "I'm hungry," but even that. A question now you know when, he, when he's hungry he could be thirsty he, he could suddenly be madly thirsty and desperate for water because he's been eating when he thought he was hungry and he was actually thirsty that sort of thing so there's loads yeah. of things we're yeah. flagging now um so the doctor kind of held back didn't go down that route as quickly as she should have done she started going down routes for things like adhd and mm-hmm. i was trying to say to her well yes there probably is an element of that to it the, the concentration and the focus but there's lots of things that don't fall under ADHD that are very, very obvious and that the school are flagging up and there's, there's tons of areas there that, that are an issue. And um, so she's kind of, she sent out both forms for us to fill in the AQ test, the Connors test and the school have done lots of tests. And um, I think originally we were finding that he was very low on sort of ADHD and very high on autism, although the further he's got into this year, the, the higher the ADHD one seems to have gone with it. Um, right. And we're at a point now where, She's referred us to the various clinics for the proper NHS, you know, bits and pieces they do. Uh, we are stuck on a kind of a route of, I don't know where, because that apparently takes, 
what two years is it at a minimum and yeah so we've been in that process for about a year i think mm-hmm. and i don't think we're as far I, i'll say we're i feel like we're over a quarter maybe over half but i don't even know if we're that far at this point it just it seems to have gone really slowly with the doctor but really fast at the school so the school are now building you know their echp plans and um we're going to a panel to talk about what we can do differently and they want to come to the house and look at what we're doing if there's anything we can do here and all these other bits and pieces that are you know i think they're going to be useful i think they're going to raise some ideas and things we can try but yeah we're kind of at a point now where we're weighing up do we want to keep going for another year and a bit with the nhs or do we want to see if we can find someone to do a diagnosis privately or something like that to just confirm what we i mean the school are saying that it's pretty clear psychologist has said it's pretty clear um the doctor's starting to agree with us the more evidence we give her um Mm -hmm. so i feel like it'd be good to get it confirmed but then equally a lot of places saying to us it doesn't really matter what the ultimate outcome of the diagnosis is because all the symptoms and side effects and behavior issues and problems that are happening at school are all there either way you know so they're Mm -hmm. kind of saying don't sweat about the official label just deal with the the various symptoms and whatnot and support and so it I is think as weird. long as it doesn't delay putting in place the support he needs, then you know exactly. Yeah, that's all that matters now, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. Oddly, when we first started, um, I was under the impression that not having the diagnosis would stop everything. Yeah. And now suddenly we're at a point where everyone's saying, no, 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 it's fine. You know, we'll we'll go and we'll sort it out. And I even had a chat when he got excluded. Um, literally the day before we'd been warned it could happen and Mm. I thought I actually misunderstood and thought they meant permanently so I was Mm. looking at alternative arrangements and I had a you know a phone call with a a school nearby that's special educational needs Um, again someone I knew had sent their autistic son there so it was kind of I thought well they're they're a good place to start talking and they even said look that they just literally need the EHCP um, as long as they've got the plan they'll wait for the rest it's fine um so that was very reassuring because i kind of thought we were going to end up in this odd little kind of limbo where he was just going to keep getting sent home and we were going to have to keep staggering along waiting for a doctor to say yes green light it go you know um but actually it's reassuring to know that if it keeps which it seems to be going in that direction. I mean, fortunately, he had, a, he had a really good day today. Um, I got a call from the the head saying he had a perfect end of term. It was a great day. They really you know, enjoyed the day. They're really proud of him, that sort of thing. But um, I know that the first day back's always a nightmare and the first week back's always a nightmare. So it's kind yeah. of, I'm already preparing for Monday next week in, you know, sort of like eight days time. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what does his, his, I'm going to call it his autism, although we don't have the official diagnosis, You've, you've mentioned what do, I want to know what it looks like because everyone's so different. So there's obviously behavioral issues at school when he's maybe feeling a bit stressed out and he gets a bit annoyed when people infringe on his space, etc. You've mentioned some communication challenges. Is there anything else that kind of paints a picture of what he's like? There's lots of times and I feel always feel really bad for him on this. There's lots of times when he thinks he's doing something helpful Mm-hmm. and that ends up causing him to get in trouble and i always feel like it's it's a shame um i think what the uh, one of the earliest times and again this is probably this was a flag that made me think there was something more to him mm-hmm. um he it's, it's something really trivial he was putting his cup away at the end of the day and one fell down the back of the table and so he was leaning over the table to try and get that cup back but he was blocking everyone behind him in the class from getting their cups on the table and the teacher was telling him to come out of the way. And he was trying to, well, he he thought it was obvious that the cup was down the back and he was just fixing it. And once he fixed it, it'd all be fine. But the teacher had no idea what he was doing. And she's written Mm -hmm. this long complaint that he was just laying over the table, being silly and he's held up the class and it's caused loads of issues and he's knocked stuff down. And when I'm talking to him about it, he's saying, well, I was trying to pick up the cup that had fallen and she wasn't listening to me. And all of his stories were, she's not listening to me. They're not paying attention. And when I'm talking to them, they're saying, he never said that. He never, you know, we had no idea that was the case. There's nothing in what he was saying or doing that suggested that was the issue. And the first couple of times I thought he was just coming up with something. And then I thought, well, he's not really old enough to, you know, he's never really been one to just make up stories or tell a lie. He's always quite literal again about what he says. Mm-hmm. He's, he, you know, he kind of re- recollects things really well, um, the events and whatnot. So when he's saying these things, so as as we've kind of gone on, I've realised pretty much every story is like that. When he when he got excluded last week, it's because he was trying to tie something up that had come undone, 
and somebody had tied it up and it had come undone straight away because of the wind and he was trying to tie it up. And I don't, I don't even think he's, he's not tying his particularly great, but he was trying to do it. He was trying to do the right thing. And um, a dinner lady thought he was breaking it and came over and just grabbed it off him and started telling him that he needed to go in. And he just turned around and whacked her because he was so upset with the way she'd confronted him. Um, yeah. And he was trying to say to me, well, I was telling her I was trying to fix it. And I said, but you know, she doesn't know you. She doesn't know this. She doesn't understand that. And it's, he assumes a lot of communication that that they can't possibly know because I guess he's just not got that awareness. They don't know what he's thinking and that kind of yeah. thing. Um, he's very unaware of, I think, what other people are thinking or feeling. I'd mentioned his empathy last year, and I think he's got better with that, with a bit of kind of training and cues, but it's still not one to let it go out of his way and be empathetic about things. Um he, he tends to want to just sit and do what he wants to do and that kind of thing. You know, um, he's very into his specific niches and will obsessively talk about them as, as, at great length. Um, I mean, it's all quite, quite common for his age, things like Minecraft, you know. And yeah. I think at Christmas we met his uncle's partner. She never spent kind of a, a family event with us before. And he sat there for the first hour just telling her about every Pokemon that existed and all their names and all their types and mm-hmm. all their moves. And, went, and she's just kind of sat there going with it and we yeah. we hadn't told him or her about the um the diagnosis process yet so i think there's a bit of a baptism of fire for them to to find out that actually yeah there's something we're going through that we we need to kind of talk about um yeah but they were they weren't surprised no one has been surprised everyone who knows him has been like yeah okay that makes sense um which was a little bit eye-opening in itself, I guess, because you kind of expect to be dropping a bombshell on people and when every single one of them has just gone, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, that says that says enough, doesn't it, really? Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, a lot of it at the moment is age-related things, bedwetting, you know, not being able to communicate hunger or thirst. Uh-huh. Um, he's got little kind of, he loves, he doesn't like hugging people, but he'll sit on my shoulder or on my lap or whatever just on me all the time when we're at home um Mm -hmm. which when you couple that with the bedwetting that well the wetting in general that's quite painful to to um to endure that i've kind of i I did a video about how i'm just sick of being weed on um (laughs) it's a bit of a a different i think i just thought i need to i need to get this off my chest so i sat into the video saying look every every couple of weeks at the moment now it's like our sofa i mean today i got a text saying he sat in my chair he's so engrossed in what he's doing he's wet and my chair's now being cleaned and whatever and i'm like oh great fine but at least it wasn't on me this time it's all good Um, yeah, so there's lots of kind of sensory bits there. Where he's not picking up on the signals. I'm trying to explain to him, and a lot of people have given me feedback on, you know, try saying this to him, telling, explain him, explain to him what this feeling is. You know, if you feel this kind of pressure here or this kind of whatever, that's that means you need to go to the toilet. And he is getting better at that. But yeah. every now and again, it'll just I'll get a message saying he's he's been in my chair again or you know, something like that. Um, but no, I mean, it, the more we learn, the easier it kind of gets because we we tackle these things. But it's just whenever it kind of comes out of that normal yeah. comfort zone or normal day to day life, that's when things start flagging. When we go on holiday and things like that, it starts to become more of a military exercise to try and you know, yeah, keep it absolutely. Well, I've got so much more that I want to ask you, but we're just going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. <laughs> Throughout May, we are offering three amazing bundles for just £14.95 or one credit. Remember, if you spend a credit, you get free postage. Each bundle contains a Chewy Gem necklace, bangle, pin badge and keyring. And if you're a VIC, it's even better because you get one bundle completely free. For more information, visit our website, www.chewygem.co.uk. And if you'd like more information on becoming a VIC, please contact us via Facebook Messenger. Now back to the podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Still chatting to Richard, and we were just um, learning a bit about Oliver's um, characteristics and uh, being weed on of all things, um, but, and, and school life, etc., which seems to be a big trigger for him. So, what 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 does the future hold? Because he has been excluded a few times. Are you optimistic that he's going to be able to remain in mainstream school? It's a hard one, really. They said to me in a meeting the other week, um, they said, how would you like this to go? What's your ideal situation? And 
I I say to them the dream scenario would be you know year six end of term them basically saying look how far you've come since you know the start you know we're so impressed that sort of thing and I felt a little bit awkward because the look on their face was kind of <laughs> lower, lower, lower your sights. That's, you know, they kind of they didn't say that. They didn't they didn't yeah. sort of communicate that. But I just felt like I probably hadn't answered it the way they wanted to. Like I, I think ideally, you know, in, in the more realistic world, I'd love to be able to get to the point where they were able to cater. But they, they've quite you know they've been quite vocal about the fact that they don't think they're going they've got the capacity to do what he needs um they're trying to get support from the well from the local authority they've they've got this panel in place they've actually it's odd it's a bit confusing the politics about it all because they've gone to the panel they've filled in all the forms the panel takes place in a week or two and they've actually already done what the panel normally suggests. So they're expecting the panel to say, do X, Y, Z. They've already done that. So their plan is to then go, right, we've done that. Now what? So they're trying to make sure that they cover everything off and that, you know, the, the um, educational health and care plan will get delivered properly. But I feel like that's probably leading towards, okay, we can't use this funding to do any more than we already do. So let's, mm-hmm. let's look at alternatives. That's, where I guess it's going to go, unless unless we somehow, I, I mean, they also seem to think there's going to be something that might just click. And I know that's part and parcel of the yeah. process. You can't try things unless you think they're going to work or at least you have some faith in them working. So I guess they're hoping that one of those will work. But I mean, at the moment, it's so um, new, I guess. I just don't know. I don't know whether there's something that will click. I know there are other autistic children in the school and they keep, they keep saying they've dealt with this before and it's not you know it's not unique and all these things so there must be mm. some things that work and as i said today was was pretty perfect they said that you know they they figured it out so i mean i'd like in the short term for them to perhaps try and have someone with him in school a little bit that would might help keep him on the right path but yeah. i don't see there being the funding these days really for someone to be like a ta with him all day you know which is probably what he'd need um i think that's probably beyond the realms of what they can do anymore um so i don't at this point i mean we've already started making contact to the various schools and seeing what we can do um realistically i imagine we're probably going to have to start looking at that at some point in the next year or so mm-hmm. if, if it keeps going the way it's going and and how does how does that kind of make you feel what's the kind of impact of all of this on the your your other two children, your wife, yourself, that that whole, you know, what a year and a bit ago, this wasn't even on the horizon. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been an odd one. I mean, when we thought he was being excluded permanently, which sounds like an overreaction, but it was pretty much what the head had said was, mm-hmm. "We can't deal with this. We can't handle this. We can't manage this. Um, we have to look at excluding him." And he was like, "I'm really sorry, but this is where we are. And if it keep, if it happens again, that's where it's going to go." And all of this. So yeah. when I came home, um, I basically said to my wife, "I said, um, our oldest is ten. She has a year left at the school. Um, our youngest is one. So." if she leaves next year and Ollie has to move, we have to figure out where to send him because he won't just get into that school by default because he won't have a sibling there. So we were kind of looking at that situation thinking, well, the the simplest and best uh, school for people with special educational needs is over the border. We live on the Lincolnshire Cambridgeshire border and right. the best school apparently is in Cambridgeshire. Yeah, Man. you mentioned this in your video. Yeah and, yeah, and the primary school that they go to is in Cambridgeshire. We only got in there because it happened to be that 10 years ago, there wasn't many kids that applied. And so we got in just because there was room and it's a nice school. So then you know, my daughter got in, then Ollie got in because she was there. And we assumed that the youngest would get in there because they were there. So automatically it was like, okay, his his entire school trajectory is changing just because his brother might be leaving and his sister will have kind of graduated on to secondary school. Yeah. So um that we we kind of being you know being people who don't really do things by halves we ended up looking we were sat there looking at houses we were thinking we're in a new build that we've had for probably two and a half years now and we plan to live here for the next sort of decade or whatever and we were yeah. sat there thinking we could sell our house move to Cambridgeshire send him to that school send her to that school send him to the school that they're both at now and we'd gone off on this wild kind of 
chain of events and then as i say the next day they were like okay no we have plenty of other things to try you don't have to he's not <laughs> going to go now uh, yes it may come to that and you know yeah. we do feel that there's not much we can do but then i spoke to the school in lincolnshire and they've said that actually they'd only need the plan and then they'd be able to you know that their intake is different they wouldn't mind having him in um we'll you know it's still a nightmare for the youngest because we don't know we'd, we'd prefer him to go to the school we know but I mean, equally, we live next to another school that's probably, I mean, it, you know, it is, it is fine. It's a good school. It's just that this school was, we, when we put my daughter there, we lived closer to it and we, it was mm-hmm. considered the best one around, but um, it's just like, like you say, it's just an impact on everything, isn't it? So we're, that was a major thing but then obviously we were also just a bit disappointed about the fact that he's made some really good friends at this school and he's you know he's always talking about how much he loves his friends and yeah you know they even sort of said that they did a class about how people how you know being friends with people and people you love and this and apparently he kind of he was very disruptive but in a lovely way because he got up and started walking around the class just telling everyone in the class that he loved them they're his friend and all of this and wandering one to one and he does genuinely feel that they're all these great people and yeah. the thought of him having to just not see them again is is you know quite sad really but i mean i know he'd make new friends but i know someone left in year one and he still talks like they're going to return at some point and doesn't seem to understand their they've gone to another school now and that's pretty much it and it's it's a shame that he probably won't get that fully he'll he'll still reference people or whatever and it'll take a little while but i also think that it probably be a, a lot of pro, you know um beneficial change that'd be the point of doing it you know it would he'd probably find he was able to learn deeper at a school that didn't push him as hard to just jump from a to b all the time that understood him that dealt with children like him all the time yeah can set up an environment where he's comfortable and can mm. show his be the best that he can be which will automatically help him learn because he's less stressed by all the other stuff yeah it makes sense and what what about kind of work and things has it had an impact on on day jobs and stuff like that because i know that lorraine in our community who's like everyone knows her she's <laughs> the one that's always on facebook doing the videos and she's she's just awesome but um her story with her daughter is very similar to yours um although she's a good further bit down the line than you um and i know that when her daughter started getting excluded that you know she had to run from work and all that kind of stuff and drop things at the drop of a hat and it, it can be quite challenging have, have you found your work quite supportive they've been extremely supportive i've been quite lucky so far as well um the day he got excluded, I already had a half day booked and I said to them, originally I said, can I work from home? But then I said, actually, it makes more sense if I just take the the extra half day. Um, and they said, yeah, that's fine. They kind of figured that that would be better. Um, and then I was off. So I got to do the teaching part, going through you know his lessons with him and everything that he would have had to do. Um, but I have gone through a bit of a process with them of I'm constantly apologizing for having to duck out and have a call with the the school yeah. and a couple of days I had to go in for meetings and I kept apologizing about it. And if I tried to book them off, they said to me, look, don't worry about it. We understand family first, all of this. And I think the last time I apologized, they told me off a bit for apologizing. They said, look, you really need to stop apologizing. It's not a problem. I think That's obviously great. if I needed a week off here, as I'm like, you know, really excessive, they might mm. feel that it'd be better for me to book it, but they've been great. Um, you know, some people have been asking me advice even because they've got family members that they've needed to question about or they've had issues with that you know it's become one of those things where actually they're, they're getting quite involved in it some are asking for help some are offering advice um i think when the phone rings now and i go out the room and i come back they're like what's happened now is he all right you know they, they know enough that um you know they're following it a little bit so that's been really nice um i, I, I don't know how it's going to be if it gets a bit worse i don't know whether if we have to start going to lots of different things or mm-hmm. you know i'll probably just have to use holiday but at the moment it's just reset in january again so i've got quite a pool of days for the year and um my wife works monday to thursday so if we had to do a doctor's appointment we could book it on a friday that kind of thing we were quite lucky okay. with the flexibility there but um no it is a concern it, i think it, it was more stressful four or five months ago when it seemed like I was constantly going out to make calls and I was constantly yeah. being interrupted and they didn't really know, whereas now they know, and I've been very open with them. Um, <clears throat> that's made all the difference. I think if people were asking me for advice on that, I would always say, just be really open with the people that you need to be open with. And, and 
I mean, if I think if they'd have reacted badly, I probably wouldn't have wanted to be there. I'd have said, if you're not the people I thought you were, you know, if they yeah. if they weren't going to be supportive. But um, you know, luckily, I, I knew they would be, and they are. Yeah, that's brilliant. That 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 will make a big difference. And what about the, your wider family? How have you found them? Uh, they've actually been yeah interesting. I think I expected some of the older members of the family to be less understanding, but actually they've all been pretty good at just going with it. I mean, when, when um, like my parents visit, they're, they're very calm and my dad likes taking him to one side and just playing Lego with him. Cause he knows he gets really into that and they could just sit mm-hmm. there for sort of, you know, four or five hours building stuff together. Um, yeah. My, my in-laws are the same. They just, they've been really understanding when we spoke to them again, they were very much like, yep, we get that. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I think maybe before that we were all kind of battling it in our own different ways and they were kind of suffering. They'd say, Oh, it's been really difficult. We, you know, we can't handle him. He's, you know, he's a bit, bit lively or he's not understanding or he's not listening and that kind of thing. And now they get it. It's completely different. They're able to just say to him, have you thought about this? Or, you know, yeah. 10 minute warning for this and a five minute warning and counting down. And so everyone's been really good at just, I mean, my sister and brother-in-law came to visit and they could tell, I think it was his birthday and he was getting really, Hit up about the liveliness of it all and I'd nipped out to get some ice or something from the shop down the road and um, my brother-in-law brought him out for a walk because apparently he was just getting so hit up about what was going on he needed to kind of get out so he distracted him yeah. and he I think they raced to the shop to meet me at the door and all of this you know they would explain it to me afterwards and I thought they get it they understand they're quite you know interested and in tune to try and make an effort and that's just been really nice because I think the worry is that you'll get people going you're just making excuses for being naughty or you're just making, you know, and that's, that's always been my biggest fear. I was try- I wanted to tell my friends about it and I kept thinking they're just going to say to me, you just got a naughty kid or something like that. But yeah. again, they've all, I mean, as I say, all of them have just been like, no, we, we pretty much assumed. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. So that must all, it sounds to me like it's been, you know, all, all your ducks have been lined up in the, yeah. the your school's very supportive, your family's very supportive, your work's very supportive, and your friends are very supportive. Um, so although it's hard going through this and trying to figure out the best thing for your son, actually the support that you've had around it has been immense. You're right, really. I hadn't really kind of thought about it too much. I, I, I said it to the individual parts, but mm. I definitely see that it it can be, you know, if, we, if any of those weren't quite there or somebody stuck the boot in or, you know, the school were saying something that wasn't quite lined up it would be worse definitely i think that the, the i've raised this on my on my um on my vlog and i've raised it to the school that i find the the doctor hasn't been superb she's been a bit of an obstacle um it turns out they were sending letters out that were clashing with the conversation we'd had right. and i think at, there was a point where i was i was getting really fed up with it all and i was getting a bit kind of frustrated with it all and um, for example, they'd, they'd written a letter to us in the school where they'd said that I'd said the school didn't understand and weren't helping and weren't doing enough. And I rang the school and said, I absolutely did not say that. You know, you're doing everything. You know, I'm kind of like there thinking you've been really helpful. Yes, there's been the occasional time that I felt like perhaps they didn't quite fully understand or there was the odd time I worried they weren't they weren't because they were going down their original thoughts and they weren't thinking mm-hmm. about the extra bits. And now I've pointed things out to them. They're agreeing with me. But it was always little bits where I was worrying or doubting. But um, that kind of came to a head earlier in the week. And it turned out that the doctor is about four months behind on paperwork. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's you know they've not got enough administrators to write these notes out and everything. Yeah. So they're sending us letters from sort of October, November time when we've had calls last week. <laughs> and so right. it's all, all a bit confusing, a bit of a mismatch. So that's where I've got, kind of reached the point where I'm wondering whether – going to a private doctor might make sense because then that way we cut out the fact that they're four months behind. We cut out the the delays, the overburden yes. on the system and all of this. I think that's been the the hardest bit other than just the day-to-day, the constant sort of the red slips as they call them, the, the basically the punishments. He's missing so many lunch times and bits and pieces like that because of behavior problems. We're having to apologize to so many people for lashing yeah. out or whatever's gone on and, See, that's that's interesting as a strategy do you feel that that's effective does it work for him it hasn't and i think they've again literally in the last three or four days they said to me we've actually realized that because what they were doing was they'd say to him you've done this tomorrow you're going to miss 10 minutes of your lunch 
and they'd maybe make it 20 if it was two things or so for whatever it was. And mm. then they realized that actually the next day, I mean, he was saying, why, why do I keep missing lunch? Or why does this keep happening? And he, he doesn't connect the two. So yeah. they were like, maybe what we need to do. And I, I was surprised they hadn't thought of this sooner. Um, but then again, I hadn't suggested it either. They've started saying, you've just done this. You need to go and call down for 10 minutes and have sent him out to a specific place to go and do that. They, they have like yeah. a chair for him to sit in and things like that, that will help him. But when he's having a really difficult time or there's a problem, um, they're literally sending him out for the 10 minutes there and then. And it's having the same impact as, as, a, as a punishment as it were, because he doesn't want to be away from his friends, but um, yes. it's working better. And he's, he's definitely had other than the fact that he's <laughs> weirdly, it's working better in the day, but then he's had these two events, which have caused the exclusion and the seclusion because other people who don't, so one was a dinner lady and one was a standing teacher. They didn't know what they were really yeah. dealing with. Um, and they've caused bigger events, but beyond that, it's been quite a bit better because they're just handling it there. And then I think there was a lot of stress where we were getting told it all at the end of the day. And then it was kind of all evening. We'd be talking about it and thinking about it and worrying about it. And they've even said, they'll stop pushing that all onto us. Now they're going to handle it. And that's helped. Um, But I mean, the most recent thing, the the standing teacher just wanted him to do something instantly. And it kind of went from naught to a hundred in the space of of 10 seconds. And he gave him a whack and it was kind of, they've said, look, that wasn't that was on him, but it wasn't. If that makes you know, it's kind of they've had to say to the teacher, "You can't just make him do it now. It's not how it works. He needs to. We're going to stop doing this in ten minutes. We're going to stop in a minute. You know, so on and so forth." Um, they they sort of openly admitted that that wasn't covered off enough, and yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, they'll be learning too. You know, they're, they're yeah. Well, no, it's exactly it. We're all learning. I, I try. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge is trying to explain it to my son now because I tried to explain to him just that they're learning how to interact with him. I've sort of said instead of saying an autistic child, I've just said an Oliver. You know, they're learning. They're learning how to act with an Oliver. You know, we're all trying to learn it. It's just you act like you act, and that's you. And we're trying to figure it out. And he feels that. You know, he's taking that quite a comfort. That's quite a comfort. But um, I've tried to explain to him like different people who are different tiers. We know him really well. His teacher knows him really well. But then a dinner lady barely knows who he is out of a sea of a couple of hundred kids. And, you know, I think he sort of gets that. But yeah, I'll get it more as he gets older, I suppose. Okay. So, what, what, if you could give like one or two or three tips for um, someone that's at the start of this journey, that's starting, you, if you think about, look back on what you've been through the last 18 months or so, what would be your kind of tips that you would give people that they could take away and utilize during this journey? I think the biggest thing I'm glad I've done is I've spoken about it. I've not tried to hide away from it. I was worried about how people would react, I was worried about how people would look at us. And I think, you know, sometimes I think like my wife is a bit worried because she doesn't get involved in me talking on the internet about it. But uh, so many people have feedback, suggestions, help. They point me in the right direction. They tell me problems they found with things. There's so much to learn. I feel like I've gained a ridiculous amount of knowledge in a very compressed amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just all come from being more you know, vocal about it. There's so much stuff online. There's so many people online. Um, that's been the biggest help. Um, but beyond that, I mean, chasing things up is probably a big one as well. If you just, I've got friends who have literally, they're in a similar position. They've literally just left it to roll. And unless you're ringing the doctor, ringing the school, ringing or whatever, pushing yeah. is i sort of trying to explain to you it's like you're pushing a thing up a hill or whatever and it's just unless you keep pushing it's not going to go anywhere um, and i know we're not even that far compared to some people who are right at the end or whatever but yeah. it we try and make sure we're pushing if it's on us we want it straight back on somebody else as soon as possible and we want to keep pushing them to get it back to us so we can push it on again and that seems to be the best tactic so far whenever we don't push we, we thought something was just being processed and then when we rang, they hadn't even received it and it got lost in the post and set us all mm. back three weeks. And it was a night, you know, it's quite frustrating to think that we'd lost a month of time um, considering this is, you know, we're always told it's two years if everything goes to plan kind of thing. I don't yeah. want, I don't want this to be ongoing in two and a half years. I want this to be at a point where we've got answers. We've got a diagnosis. So no, I don't expect the problem. You know, I don't expect life to just be, 
clean sailing so again yes. being, being realistic is probably the third thing um yeah. i just want to be in a place where we know where we stand as much as we can and yeah. i want ollie to just be happy in himself and i want to make sure we don't end up in a point where he's he's constantly feeling you know low about his behavior or about how school's gone he's gone through a lot of deep kind of dark periods which i've not covered on here. So, I mean, i've done them on my vlog um some awful kind of times that we had that were really horrible um and yeah it's just keeping his head up is, you know is the, is the main thing and i'm hoping we just get to that point if we keep pushing it yeah brilliant and what what do you wish neurotypicals who aren't in our world knew what do you wish they knew about the spectrum hmm. that's a hard one so i mean it's He's not. I feel. I feel like the thing that worries me is that lots of people now assume that he can't. That he's that he's somehow broken when he's just different. And I guess that's quite a common phrase, and it's quite a, a cliche now, I suppose. But he's just. He's, he's he's different. He's not wrong. He's not broken. He's 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 just Ollie. <laughs> it's just they are. Yeah. They're unique, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It's he is what he is, and it's it's. Um, doesn't mean it's it's going to hold him back. I think actually, as he grows, he's so into things. He's going to be. I'm pretty sure he's going to he's going to be great. Um, you know, I know he is. I've got, just got a gut feeling that it's just going to be great. And um, yeah, I just want people to know that it doesn't mean any. I mean, I sit with a, a lady at work who's a little bit older, and she doesn't really get it. And she she thinks mm. and a few people that, I, that I've. I, people come and go at work a little bit. They, they, they work for different places. So I meet people and they might overhear something and they'll say, oh, my friend had a kid like that. Oh, they were a nightmare. And, you know, they talk like they're these naughty children that are a big problem yeah. and everything's wrong. And, and I want to say to them, that's not the case. You, you don't understand this because you're you're just taking things at face value. There's a lot of depth there that you're not getting. And once you tune it right, it's, it's brilliant. And that's what I think, you know, is, is a situation. I know that once you get that tuning right, you'll be fine. Yeah. Fab. Okay. And do you have a sensory hero that you've come across in the last period of time that you think, yeah, they're, they're doing good stuff in the sensory world? Do you know what? I, <laughs> this was hard because it was, it was a toss up. I, I was going to go down the, the, um, sort of cheesy route of saying that, uh, oh, you know, Ollie, I'm really proud of him. And I am really proud of him and everything is done. Yeah. But, um, I feel like actually I'd be doing a disservice to my friend if I didn't plug him a little bit and talk about him. And you're probably already familiar with him, but um, I've got a friend, uh, Kevin, um, he does a, a channel. Um, I think they, they change their name so often. It's the Chapman family at the moment. I think um, he's got a son called Andy. The two of them are probably a joint really on this because Andy has taught Kevin a lot and I've kind of seen Andy grow up and I know that he's, you know, even though he's dealing with a much more severe form of autism, he's doing amazing. You know, he, uh, he has his own sort of YouTube channel where he films around town and all sorts of things. He does an amazing thing with it. And, and Kevin and Anna, I'm forgetting Anna, his mum, the three of them are probably my heroes with this because they've taught me a lot. And yeah. they were the ones who kind of said to me, go and talk about it online, be open with it. You know, they've, they've, every time I have something come up, I message them, they give me advice, they point me to something. Um, and I think the three of them, that's, I'll, yeah, I will plug the family instead, the Chapman family, the three of them. Um, they've been amazing with this and they've, they've taught me a lot. And I know that they've dealt, dealt with, they're, they're kind of showing me the roadmap in the future, the other problems we can have as he gets older. They're kind of going yeah. through what we could be going through in 10 years. And it's, yeah. it's fascinating to follow. It's really useful. They are genuinely great at this and dealing with it. And I guess it's given me a new kind of perspective on how hard it was for them because I've known them for you know, a decade myself. So it's like, yeah. I didn't realize how hard it was earlier on for them. And now I'd, I'm getting a small taste of that and it, it, I know it's going to get worse at points and that kind of thing. So I know what they've been through in some ways mad. So they're definitely heroes. Um, and if people aren't familiar with them, you must be under a rock because they've been kind of everywhere at the moment with this kind of um, community. And it's well worth checking them out uh, because they, they cover autism and the and sensory things in, in massive detail in a way that I haven't even begun to kind of touch the surface of really. Fantastic. Great. And bizarre question of the interview, which is if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? 
do you know what? I had all these animals in my head, and then when you introduced me at the start of the show, I thought I'd obviously be a sheepdog because that's Ooh. my name. It was like I was I'm there going elephant, penguin. I was debating over the two. <laughs> you know, I loved them. They're the best animals, rhinos. And you know, then I thought I'm obviously sheepdog. That's the name. Well, so, that brings me back to because I forgot to ask that. Why on earth is it called that? Do you know we tried to make it a, a big mystery secret um, story. Right. We we weren't we we withhold telling people for a long long time, um, okay. but. It, it it came from Kevin, who I mentioned a minute ago, actually. Um, I was at my sister's wedding. I was an usher. And for some oh. reason, the vicar at the wedding just kept calling me it. I think he just wanted me to shepherd people around. But he just kept right. saying, sheepdog, go and tell people the coach is here. Sheepdog, go and get this. Sheepdog, do that. And... I laughed it off and thought, uh, it doesn't, you know, whatever. And then yeah. Kev and other people just kept calling me it. My parents were calling me it. Everyone just kept calling me it. It stuck. I do podcasts and everything, and it just become the thing. Um, and I caught thought it's quite a good nickname. I mean, yeah. before that, the only other nickname I'd ever had was Steve, which was a, a boring name. So it wasn't very – people don't ask why you're called that, but Sheepdog just stuck. So that's what it is. Well, I'm going to ask, why were you called that when your name's Richard? It's not like one of those names, you know, where – it's William. You can be Bill. Well, no. My, my, um, when I when I met my friend, he already knew a Richard, so he said he would call me Steve. It was one of these weird. <laughs> he said it off the cuff. I went with it. He thought, yeah. oh, do you know, you're all right. We get on. And I think that was one of those. It was almost like a test to see whether we were like minded. Yeah. And the fact that I didn't care, and almost called his bluff on it, and just said, yeah, call me what you want. I don't care. Um, it just stuck again. So brilliant. I can't go with it. <laughs> Okay. Right. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Have you got any kind of final final thoughts before we finish up? Um, no, I mean, I, well, I, I'm going to be part of your group. Um, I joined it because someone recommended it to me. It's already been great going in there. And obviously, if anyone wants to ask questions in there and just thinks that I can help, I'm more than happy to do so. Um, Brilliant. You know, being already seeing questions come up, I'm like, I know, you know, I, I want to be proactive and help people. Um, yeah. I feel like, what, you know, you get what you put in from people really you know the more you, you want to help the more you'll get help and um, not doing it for selfish reasons that made it sound a bit like that but well, you know what I mean it's I want yeah. to help people and I know that yeah I can be of value sometimes <laughs> well that that's the beauty of our community because there's just so much knowledge out there and so much support that it just works really well because there'll be someone in the group that will know about something definitely um and it really works well, thank you very much, Richard. It's been a real pleasure. I, I love your YouTube channel. Um, and as um, we've covered, it's Sheepdog Says. Go check it out. And what I love most is just how open you are, how candid it is, and how it started off as something completely different <laughs> and has evolved into to quite something. So really good. Keep up the good work. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you very much. You too. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer -peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye